0: What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout of W2O, the host of the What to Know podcast, and I am being joined with a fun, um, and I think you're going to find our exciting guest today, Nancy Conrad. Uh, Welcome, Nancy.
1: Thank you so much, Aaron.
0: Nancy is the founder and chairman of the Conrad Foundation. She does lots of other things beyond that. Um, But we're going to start with her late husband, who um, a few of you may have heard of before. Uh, He is Pete Conrad, and he was one of 12 Americans to walk on the moon, which to me is a pretty amazing statistic. I had thought that there were more than that, and I looked it up. And so uh, he's he's in rarefied air. Um, Nancy, tell us a little bit about Pete, uh, since he sounds like quite an amazing guy in and of himself.
1: You know, it's kind of interesting, Erin. There's so much talk now as we whirl around into all the things that are happening around the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. And most of the talk focuses on the mission, the vehicle, the fact that we went there, who stepped on which landing site. So we had the Sea of Tranquility was Neil and Buzz. Well, Pete landed at the Ocean of Storms, (laughs) and Pete went with his two best friends, uh, Al Bean and Dick Gordon, and actually, they're all back together now, except they happen to be at Arlington Cemetery, Um, and they had a ball. They giggled, they laughed, they got struck by lightning uh, right after they launched. It was the first time NASA had ever launched in foul weather, and the last time, and they became a lightning rod, and so... Every caution and warning light went off. They looked like they were riding a Christmas tree, and uh, headquarters—pardon me, Houston—figured out what was wrong. And the whole, the whole computer had died, basically. So they had to reboot the vehicle. And Pete had about two minutes to decide whether it was a go, no go, because you could abort in a Saturn V, you can't abort on a, on a shuttle. Of course, we don't fly shuttles anymore. Anyway, Pete was a complete character. Um, he was funny. He was smart, he was humble, he was a good friend, and he was the guy that everybody wanted to have a beer with. Um, I say he was the third man to walk on the moon. He was the first to dance on it. He was so happy, and if you listen to the voice tapes of the flight, you can hear him singing. He goes, dum-de-dum-dum-dum. Well, this was a young man who, as a child, had difficulty reading and spelling and got expelled from school in the 11th grade Um, because they thought he was stupid. Um, What they call stupid is what they now call dyslexia. He just had a problem. He couldn't read and spell. So his mom took him to a little school in upstate New York and the headmaster there saw something special in this young man and not only saw the bright blue eyes but saw the moxie and the the kind of can-do attitude that Pete had and he was fun and uh, had a great sense of humor. So this educator took Pete under his wing, and Pete ended up with a scholarship to Princeton, compliment to Princeton and the Navy. Uh, He was learning how to fly about that time, and he became an aeronautical engineer, two very good reasons. He liked to fly, and he didn't have to read or spell, so that worked out pretty well for Pete. (laughs) And then he went on to become a test pilot, and then when NASA was looking for a few good men, women didn't get to go in those days, uh... He saluted, I like to fly. don't care where you go. He ended up with four flights in space, actually, Um, and then rescued Skylab, which was our first space station. That was his last flight, and for the rescue of the lab, he was awarded a Congressional Space Medal of Honor. So I always say, you know, an educator takes a kid under his wing, and that young person gets a moonshot, and, you know, and then he went on to work at, at McDonnell Douglas and created really the next generation of vehicles. Uh, that became the privatization and commercialization of, of space. So all that happened because an educator took a young man under his wing and that young man gets a moonshot. And I think, boy, not too bad for a kid that got thrown out of school.
0: That is so, pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, his legacy of his, um, you know, his, his motto was, if you can't be good, be colorful. And my motto is, life is short, don't be boring. So that kind of tells you why we got along so well. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds and, like it. Yeah. Uh, he, just, he was a great, great human being. And um, I think that everybody that ever met him, he was the hail fellow well met. He was just delightful and very accessible and uh, always had a good joke to tell and wonderful stories about his adventures in space and everywhere else.
0: Well, it sounds like it's too bad that he's not around for the 50th anniversary, which you yeah. just mentioned, of the Apollo yeah. moon landing, because um, it sounds like, you know, he would have absolutely reveled in everything that's going on. I'm sure he's looking down somewhere from, you know, up on the moon or wherever and, uh, you know, is is cheering everyone on from behind the scenes. Yeah, but yeah. tell us a we little bit about some of these um, the events that are surrounding the, the milestone. Oh,
1: gosh. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be living on an airplane most of July. Um, There's a lovely event here at the Air and Space Museum um, for Apollo 11. There's events at Kennedy Space Center. There's events in Los Angeles. And most of the guys, you know, there's, of the 8 billion people that live on Earth, 12 have seen Earth from deep space. And only four are still alive. And so those four are running around like, They're probably putting in another 240,000 miles as they're zipping around doing events here, there, and everywhere. There's stuff in New York, and uh, there's been a ton of events. Um, You know, we're not going to have another 50th anniversary of the moon landing, so this is the one and only, and that's rather extraordinary, and the fact that there are four guys, four walkers that are still alive is, is quite extraordinary in and of itself. Um, you know I I think the events marking the anniversary uh, are all so important and so interesting and these people we have to treasure every moment we get with them because as I said life is short and it can't be boring so none of these events will be boring I can promise you that
0: it sounds like it and uh, speaking of extraordinary um, let's talk about you a little bit and the fact that you're uh, a teacher and you've worked on transforming the way students learn. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, very germane given, uh, as you mentioned before, that you know, Pete was given that chance and look what he did. Right. And so you are the founder and chairman of the Conrad Foundation. Let's talk a little bit about the Conrad Foundation and the main focus of this, the Conrad Challenge.
1: Sure. So basically, there's two pieces to the foundation of the foundation, if you will. So one, of course, is built on Pete's legacy of an educator taking a young man under his wing and that young man gets a moonshot. So that was kind of the intent, that is the intention, to give young people their moonshot, to give them a chance to actually participate in designing the future. The other piece of it is my history, and I'm a teacher, so it's sort of like being a spy. You know, once you're a spy, you're always a spy. Well, once you're a teacher, you're always a teacher. And my passion for education has been my entire life. Um, You know, when, when I was young, women could do three things. We could be secretaries, nurses, or teachers. So, I chose teaching. Um, I didn't type very well, and I was not real excited about giving people shots and stuff. So, I became a teacher, and I thought, well, that's a good thing for me to do. Well, it turns out I absolutely loved it, and I was a good teacher. I taught English. I'm not in science or any of those fields, but I'm a systems thinker. And Pete was a systems thinker, and the work that we do is built around design thinking, and systems thinking. So we invite teams of high school students, 13 to 18 years old, from around the world, uh, and we invite them to create commercially viable products to solve global and local challenges. And so we do it in categories, aerospace, energy, cybersecurity, health, We work with the Foundation for a Smoke-Free World, and we work with smart technologies. So our kids are actually creating edtech for use in the classroom. And some of our kids get patents, and some of them go on to deploy their products. That's up to them. The students own their IP. They also learn about the patent process and how to do that, and they get provisionals when they get invited to our summit. So Erin, it's a funneled competition, and kids, begin with a very simple level of entry. And then they're asked to form a team. They must have a coach, which could be a teacher, an adult, uh, a parent, a student in university, for example. And then they share with us what their category is and what their product idea is and what, what is it solving for. Um, so as it gets more and more difficult and the funnel gets narrower and narrower, um, the kids that get through the end of it have done a business plan, a market study, and a visual representation of their product ideas. So it really is the intersection of education, innovation, and entrepreneurship. And the kids that have uh, gotten through that, there are five teams then from each of the categories that are invited to Kennedy Space Center uh, to the visitors complex where we host our innovation summit. And they come from all over the world. And it is the most extraordinary thing you've ever seen. It's really where education can become diplomacy because these kids are seeing the earth just like the astronauts did. You know, when they were in deep space, they don't see any borders or any boundaries. and They're just young people who are excited about having some participation in what the future can look like. So it's an extraordinary event. About 250 attend. And um, I was asked this year where I get my energy. And it was a gentleman who was a teacher. And I said, you know, I I, I get injections. He said, I knew it. What do you take? And I said, hope. (laughs) I (laughs) said, these kids, you know, we're going to be okay. These kids are killing it. They're doing these extraordinary, amazing things. And so there's tremendous hope for what the future can look like. So that's what keeps me hopping.
0: (laughs) I can see. It makes me want to be 13 to 18 again because I would love to participate. Me Um,
1: too.
0: And speaking of, for anyone that is interested, uh, I believe if if I've got this correct, registration opens August 23rd of this year.
1: Uh And if you
0: want to find out more, you can go to conradchallenge.org. So that's uh, Conrad as in Nancy or Pete, C-O-N-R-A-D challenge.org. And I would highly encourage anyone listening in who has kids or or people that would be eligible to go check it out. And if not, maybe opportunities for sponsorships or mentorships, et cetera. But it it sounds like it's an amazing program.
1: Right. We always look for judges, subject matter experts, uh, obviously sponsorship. It outgrew me very quickly. I I funded the first two years because I thought, gee, if you don't have skin in the game, you shouldn't be in the game. And then my kids called and they told me they were going to put me up for adoption (laughs) and their bread. So, and it it just got big really fast. It turns out that this is, you know, we've got this part of my mission in all of this really is to um, reignite the way kids learn. You know, we can't do this complacency test taking stuff anymore. These kids are bright, and they need some interest and excitement, and they need to be participating in their education. So we do pull rather than push education. Uh, It's been a fascinating experience.
0: Well, as a father of three, I can tell you that I think we need more of this and less of the boring sitting in the classroom learning, because that really is not uh, an ideal way to learn, especially all the...
1: you know, we need innovative workforce if we're going to sustain our knowledge-based economy, right? But you're not going to get that with complacency and memorization. It can't happen.
0: Right, right. Well, yeah. one of the things that you had mentioned uh, during our prep call, and, and this is one of the things that helps bring this back to the topic of health, which is something we at WTO, you know, spend a lot of time thinking about and helping companies with, Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the the girls competing, I believe you said it was last year, maybe it was one of the previous years, Mm -hmm. she created an app that diagnosed diabetic myopathy. Tell us a little bit more about that. That sounds fascinating.
1: So this is a young woman. She competed with her brother several years ago, I think four or five years ago. And they had come up with an incredible idea that didn't happen. Um, And and I worked with them for quite a long time because I had great confidence in the idea. I can't tell them what to do, but I can be a guide and I can connect them in this and that. And she's brilliant at at technology and AI and all those things. And she ended up creating an app that diagnoses actually any eye disease. Um, In her case, she was helping her grandfather who had diabetic retinopathy. And the app got approved by the FDA and she got early admission to Harvard and she's off on her moonshot. (laughs) It's quite extraordinary. Um, And I could give you so many examples that are not dissimilar from that. Um, We had some kids that created a technology to stop hand tremors. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it goes all over the place. And because we don't have a box, Uh, And in fact, we created a thing called, our curriculum is called No Box Toolbox, um, because it's it's an organic framework that gives you a map for how to do innovation and entrepreneurship, but you pick your own destination, if that makes sense. So we're actually working with a a large company on doing a pilot now that kids are going to be able to fix computers. And and go beyond that to imagining what else they might be able to create and to uh, design. And I'll give you an example of how that went together. When Pete was a young man, he built, years ago, they used to do crystal sets, crystal radio sets, and you could communicate with these little hand-built, homemade radio sets. And then he built um, a, an, a little elevator, makeshift elevator. It was a tray, actually, that went up the stairs that would carry his orange juice from the kitchen to his bedroom, so he didn't have to go downstairs. (laughs) Well, then Pete ends up doing the design for the lunar landing module, rescuing Skylab, and building next-generation rockets to take us from flying in low-Earth orbit to go from California to France in 45 minutes. So there's a tinkerer who becomes an entrepreneur, an innovator, and and actually an American hero. And in these kids who are tinkerers, some of them have a Pete Conrad living inside of them and they don't even know it. So we're gonna open the aperture and see what that looks like. And some of that is focused at what we would call vocational learning. But beyond that, there's someone in there, and I'm sure of it, that's got abilities and capabilities beyond what they imagine. So we're going to just open the aperture and see what pops out.
0: Well, that's amazing, and kudos yep. to you for uh, you know for bringing this to life. Um, I do want to shift gears a little bit, and this is the part of the conversation where I like to speak a little bit more about you personally and and things that you like and care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things I like to ask all my um, all my guests are you know what's something that people don't know about you that you're willing to share on the on the show?
1: Hmm. Well, let's see. Some years ago. Uh, Pete and I flew an MD-500, a little tiny helicopter, from Mesa, Arizona to the jungles of Venezuela, just the two of us. Wow. And I think it was, we had 11 stops, 35 hours, and nine countries or something like that. And uh, truthfully, I, I really began to understand spaceflight in a way. I mean, I certainly, I would go, by the way. You know, they're going to take a woman to space. That's the next plan. Now, I may be aged out, but boy, I'd sure like to go. Um, <laughs> it could be a what? great adventure. But what happens is when you're in that kind of a thing, the whole world goes away, and all you're doing is looking at your fuel and your navigation systems and where you're going to uh, be next and this and that. And I really began to understand, and I saw how focused Pete was, on, on the mission that we were on and as we lifted off we we flew out of Florida and I asked Pete if he'd ever flown a helicopter over water and he said no and I said are you scared he said yes <laughs> and I said what the Samuel am I doing here <laughs> and, and we had on May West we had a raft in the back and we did the whole drill you know what would happen if we went in and this and that And as we flew over the water, Erin, I could look down. and We were a shadow. We looked like a little mosquito flying over the water. Uh, It was a heck of an adventure. We lost communications. We had to do an emergency landing. It was a heck of an adventure. I enjoyed every single minute of it. I would do it that, again, but only with
0: Pete. <laughs> that, that sounds like maybe the most amazing, you know, thing that people don't know about someone. So uh, and I've done a lot of these shows, so thank you for sharing oh, that. That's, good. That's do I get an award? <laughs> you definitely get an award. Okay. Uh, well
1: wacky things,
0: huh? Exactly. Um the next question I'd like to ask is, you know, for those listening in to help them build their library, what do the, the smart people that I'm talking to what have they read recently or something that they've read, you know, over the last dozen years that they really want to share with uh, with the listeners. And it could be something you're just discovering or something you've read that's really left uh, an indelible um, mark.
1: So can I mention two?
0: You absolutely can.
1: Okay. So I still love the book I wrote with my co-writer, Howie Klausner. It's called Rocket Man. If you really want to learn about, about Pete Conrad... You can get it on Amazon. It's out of print, but it does have an electronic version. And you really learn about the person. This is a story of a human being, of of an adventure, of a young man, that I've explained some of his story to you. The other one I happen to like a lot is Malcolm Gladwell's David and Goliath. Because I guess I'm small. Uh, Pete was five six and a half, and I tucked neatly under his arm. Um, And I loved the technology that was involved with that. And nobody really knew about all of that until Malcolm Gladwell pointed it out. And I think that people can conquer gigantic things just by using technology and by applying systems thinking and design thinking. And I think that very much pointed that out. Um, he also goes into quite a bit of discussion about dyslexia and how most of the people many of the people that have it become tremendous visionaries and very much contribute to society. Um, Charles Schwab is one, Richard Branson is one, there's multiple people that do that. It's interesting, too, because in most of those cases, I believe, uh, certainly in Pete's case, it was the mother who helped him get over the hurdles that he had and was his support system. Just kind of an interesting side note.
0: Well, great, great suggestions, and uh, it's timely given the fact that there's a movie now called Rocket Man that's out, which is about and a very yeah. different Rocket oh, Man. Oh, I but
1: just saw it. I just saw it. I love that song. Of course I do. You know, that know. was part of a, a, a soundtrack. I think it was called Honky Chateau before it came out as a single.
0: Yeah, I think you're right, but mm-hmm. I'm glad to know that because I, I was excited to see it, and I hadn't read any of the reviews yet, and so knowing that it gets the Nancy Conrad approval. Uh, well, you know, to see it. <laughs> I, I love
1: Elton John. What can I say? And I mean, is it? A, I, I don't know. My girlfriend that I went with, she didn't care for it. Some other guy was dissing it. I thought it was great fun. And the kid that played Elton John was fantastic. And you can't help but just um, get emotional about watching his whole story. You know, it's it's pathos. And he came out of something that was dark and difficult. and and created a tremendous legacy of music that's exciting and happy and fun, and he's quite a performer. I think he was wonderful.
0: Well, that's good to know. And nice transition to our final question, which is about music. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's one that uh, people either love or hate, but it always is one that I think gets the juices flowing, and that is Mm -hmm. you're on the proverbial deserted island. You can only take one album with you. Uh, Which album would you pick and like?
1: So again I'm gonna take two. <laughs> These choice here. Okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the a uh, uh, honky chateau with Rocket Man on it with Elton John and Van Morrison. I think the album's called Foreigner. There's a song in it that Have I Told You Lately That I Love You? And What a great that, choice. Yeah.
0: Or great choices, I should say. So So
1: when, one's for dancing and one's for One's for fun and one's for
0: emotional fun. Well, that works for me. That works for me. Good choices, good choices. Well Uh um thank
1: you.
0: This is uh this has been a great conversation. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and host of the What to Know podcast. I've spent the last twenty to thirty minutes, I can't remember exactly how long it is, speaking with uh Nancy Conrad. Uh Nancy is the um founder and chairman of the Conrad Foundation. Um, She is married to uh, the late Pete Conrad, who is one of the uh, 12 Americans to walk on the moon. Uh, She's going to be touring around the country and a fascinating person, as you can tell. Thank you, Nancy, for joining and and making this such a fun show today.
1: Thank you so much, Erin. I appreciate it.
0: Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode
1: every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at whwillgroup.com slash what to know.